Welcome to Dropping In, a podcast of storytelling and interviews with your host, Winter Olympian Mercedes Nickel. Thank you so much for dropping in on Series 7. This is an exciting series where I check in with Team Canada's Paralympic athletes. We've heard a lot of amazing stories, and they've shared their their Paralympic moments with us. And this is our last guest that we will have on this series, Series 7. This is Episode 69, and let me introduce the guests that we will be dropping in with today. Our next guest is a father of two who has several World Championship All-Star Awards. He is a Pan American Games champion and has competed at four Paralympic Games for Team Canada. Beijing 2008, taking home the bronze. London 2012, taking home the silver. Rio 2016, in fourth place. And Tokyo, the COVID kind of games, 2021, taking fifth place. He was injured in a car accident at the age of 16, paralyzed below the neck, and he is a 1.0 player based on level of function, playing four-on-four on the court of wheelchair rugby. And now, how do you get those four players on the court? That's something that I wanted to know, and I think you want to know too. The four players can only total eight points, 3.5 points being the highest level of function and 0.5 being the lowest form of function. He, our guest, is considered to be one of the best low point players in the world. He is co-captain of Team Canada's national team. He has recently competed in the 2021, get this, World Para Surfing Championships, adding that to his impressive resume. This dad, husband, wheelchair rugby player is a world champion, para pan am games and paralympic medalists and now a para surfer doesn't sound like he's done yet let me introduce and welcome trevor hirschfield trevor thanks for having me nice to see you it's great to see you it's been a while i can't i can't wait to talk about everything that you've been up to i mean you've had a paralympics um as of late and then also surfing when i read that i was like yes this is awesome (laughs) Yeah, I got bored over COVID, so <laughs> so wicked. Tried something new. Oh my gosh! Okay, well, thank you so much for dropping in today. We start dropping in with ten rapid fire questions that are never rapid. Our listeners know this. We just get to know you a little bit better. So, are you ready? I'm ready. Let's go. Okay, number one. Do you have a lucky charm? Um, I don't necessarily have a lucky charm, but there are certain things that I do consistently before I play games. Yes. So I have a routine. Yeah. Yeah. A routine. Cool. Cool. Yeah. It's funny, everyone. um, I've I've asked all of the guests on this series, the same questions. And I'm so interested to know, like a lot of people say they have a routine. Some people do have a lucky charm. I think I did a little bit of both when I was competing. (laughs) I guess like, I don't really think of it, but I taped, my first, so you know how we get a loony when we go to the games? Yeah. In like the, whatever, in the, the in your clothing kit. package in the kit. Yeah. So from my first games, the one in Beijing, I still have that same loony taped to the bottom of my rugby chair. So yeah, oh, that's one thing hey. that I have, I guess. But I, I forget about it because I never really see it. Yeah, for sure. That's funny. A lot of um, the freestyle skiers or like the snowboard coaches will put them in like one of the jumps on the on the uh, slope style course, which I think is pretty cool. 
Yeah. Like even not in Canada. It's just like, there's our loony. <laughs> That's kind cool. of our thing. Yeah. 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 I like it. Okay. Number two, what is your, the favorite place that you've traveled to for a game and then also just for pleasure? Uh, I mean, most recently Tokyo, like it's too bad. It was a COVID game, but they yeah. still, they still did a great job. Like I would have loved to seen this, those games, you know, under the normal umbrella to just to see all the fans because it, it was pretty well put together and mm -hmm. uh, it would have been nice to have the fans involved. Um, I think one of my favorite games though was in London oh. in 2012. I thought yeah. they just did an amazing job. Um, it was nice having, you know, the venue so close to the village too. So it was just super cool. Lots of family and friends were there and uh, it, it was nice to, uh, to have that support. Of course it is. Yeah. yeah it makes a huge difference. <laughs> And then just for pleasure, when you go traveling, what, do you have a favorite place to go? Anywhere hot. I love tropical weather. So one of my favorite places I've been was Fiji. <gasps> I'm I've definitely going back. Yes. You must go. It, I spent three weeks there and it's amazing. Oh my gosh. I did like a, a book report in grade six on Fiji. And I haven't gone and I've wanted to go since. But so Definitely going back. Yeah. The South Pacific, like Tonga, Fiji. Those places, oh, yeah. Sick. I love the did, ocean. Did you take the whole so. family? Uh, no. Just no. Uh, Lisa and I went, and nice. it was good. Yeah, it was well before the family okay. was here. Yeah. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Um, nice. Okay, for the listeners, number three, where in the world are you today? Today, I'm on Vancouver Island in a nice little town called Parksville. So <gasps> I ended up. Parksville. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. So I grew up here. Um, <gasps> I, like I was it born there. in in uh, Langley, BC. Yeah, and my family moved to the island when I was grade eight. So okay. I did my grow most of my growing up here. A lot of my friends are still around the area. So uh, just before COVID, ended up moving back to Parksville from the city. Yeah. Oh, from the city? Yeah, you were in the city. Before. Yeah, I was living in Kits for a while, Richmond, Kits, uh, and then okay. decided to come back to the island. Because it's sick over there. Yeah, well. <laughs> my parents are still here too. So. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Free babysitting. Yeah. Um, okay, so then this this is part two of this question. Um, big city or small town kind of guy? Oh, you know, I love the city and everything it has to offer, especially when it comes to food and restaurants and things to do. But I love the island. I love the ocean, the lakes, the rivers that are here. So I think I'm an island guy. My brother just took me in uh, some of the lakes there. They are really cool. We yeah, did like a clay. They're everywhere cleaning. too. We did clay. Like okay, <laughs> we had a man, a man spa day. I I couldn't tell you if I if I knew. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> but it was awesome. I would go back. And then yeah. there's like kind of like these rapids that you can kind of swim in too. Yeah, we have tons of like rivers where we can. You know, you can tube down, spend the day tubing down the river or so cool. just go to so a lake. Cool. Yeah. All right. You went from big city to small town. Yeah. You went small town, big city, small town. I like Exactly. It. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Number four. I have seen you in the gym when I worked out at Richmond. This question is more for me than anyone else. <laughs> in the gym, would you rather have music blaring in your headphones or hear yourself breathing? 
Uh, it depends on certain things. So if I'm with like group training, yeah. I don't need my headphones on. I like to converse, yeah. have fun, you know, joke around. So yeah. it's nice to have the music going because everyone likes to dance. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But if I'm by myself and I just got to get it done, I just put them on. Yeah. Just to, uh, you know, yeah, just to get it done. No one's going to bug you. Everyone kind of says, sees that as like, hey, this person's. You're in the zone. Focus. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. it depends <laughs> what situation I'm in. Nice. How often do you train with the team? Uh, we're actually together quite a bit, uh, mm -hmm. at least once a month. Okay. Um, we're going into world championships here at the beginning of October. So we've been quite busy for um, the year so far. Yeah. Yes, that's so exciting. Yeah. Another so we do get together quite a bit, but when I'm uh, at home here, I train on my own since I moved to the island. Yeah. So, and that's fine for me. Yeah. That's good. Family. You got family, yeah. man. Okay. Uh, number five, favorite wheelchair rugby game ever, if you had to choose. I know there's been uh, a lot. <laughs> I think it would probably have to go back to the London games in 2012 yeah where we beat the U.S. in the semifinals and I don't think we'd beaten the U.S. since I've been on that team for so for however many years so is that a get, rivalry as well like is that oh, of course it is <laughs> in any it doesn't matter what sport you're in yeah, Canada it's kind US of... is always a rivalry, and and it still is. Um, yeah, and especially back then, our our teams were just. I think we were definitely underdogs there, and we usually are going into those games whenever we okay. play the U.S. So that game to get that win and then go on to the gold medal game was pretty. It's, again, with all the family and friends, was pretty special. So nice, awesome. Um, all right, number six. You are a family man. We mentioned that you have two kids. You also have a lovely wife. Where did you meet her? Uh, met her at a hotel in Victoria. <laughs> she was the waitress. Oh yes, I love it. I love it. <laughs> we were there for a training camp. We used to spend some time in Victoria at Pisces for okay. uh, training camps, and we were staying at a hotel there. Yeah. Nice. She's a keeper. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Number seven, what would be the top place in Canada for you to train? To train right now would probably have to be Toronto at TPASC. There's just such a big group of guys uh, on the national team out yeah. of Toronto right now. So I think okay. just the, that training environment is so high performance right now that uh, if I had to choose a place, it would be there. Sweet. I had, um, so Bo Hedges, I know wheelchair basketball, not the same as rugby, but I know you guys know each other, obviously. Yeah. Um, and he's in Toronto and he was like, I, I loved having him on. He was talking about you. We were talking about you. Um, do you guys see each other a lot? We crossed paths here and there. I mean, uh, I did some time with athletes can. Yeah. And I know Bo, um, I don't know if he's still, he's board. still on it yeah yeah so i, I mean vice president yeah so him and i yeah. are past crossed there and then obviously you know the paralympic community is so small yeah um, like do you guys train events in the same area no 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 it's um, very different. never really i mean maybe in richmond once or twice 
okay. would come in, but I think most of his time um, when he's not in Toronto, I think it's spent at his family farm. His farm. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I just wasn't sure not, if like wheelchair basketball and wheelchair rugby ever coincides. Uh, I mean, outside of T-Pass, not really. Yeah. Because the training environments are too different. And then, I mean, but when we're at games, I think. Then you get to see I think, Yeah, I think when it comes to wheelchair basketball, wheelchair rugby, you know, you have the that team dynamic. So yeah, we're all super supportive of each other, along with every other sport. But I think that's something that we share a lot is that whole sure. team vibe. So. Yeah. I wouldn't know anything about that. <laughs> Single sport. No, we still we still compete like a team. Like we're all friends, which is rad. Um, number eight, if you are not training, what can we find you doing? Oh man. R- right now, if I'm not training, I'm probably chasing after the two kids right now. Yeah. Uh, a lot of time at home is spent with them and um taking advantage of that, especially with all the time traveling. So yeah. Uh, a lot of the summer has been spent at the beach or at a lake or at a river or riding bikes around. So perfect. that's that's what I'm doing when I'm not training right now. Nice. So. That sounds like a good time. <laughs> well, it, it, it's a good time, but man, it'll tire you out. Yeah. Yes. Uh, number nine, how did the pandemic change your training? Um, I think it just forced me to be creative. Mm. Um, lots of things shut down. You weren't able to get anything. Um, luckily it was kind of when those things started shutting down, it was, you know, the time of year where you're able to get outside, yeah. a lot of rainy. So a lot of the stuff, uh, you know, I was able to still get in my, my rugby chair and you know, find a place to, to push outside. Um, I ended up getting a storage unit and kind of turning it into a gym. So Oh, sick. there was these storage units around here. And then there I, you know, I got a rowing erg and like a hand cycle and I put some mats in and got some free weights. So I, I kind of had like a place to go. Yeah. And then um, the grounds that it was on was all asphalt. So I was still able to push my rugby chair around outside. Amazing. So I, I you love know, how creative everyone got. I think that's really cool. Yeah. And that, that's what it kind of forced us to do. And I'm still using that storage unit, you know, quite regularly, just as far as like an outdoor space to push. Yeah. And like, <laughs> I got a bunch of equipment in there. So nice. Yeah. It's been, it's been fun. It's kind of my really own little cool. place to go. Yeah. Wicked. Okay. Last, last of the rapid fire that are never rapid. Um, the, Obviously the 2020 games were postponed and they were, uh, there's a global pandemic going on. We all know about that. How did you feel going into what, I don't know if I'm allowed to call them the COVID Paralympics, <laughs> but how did you feel going into those? Like, were you prepared, um, nervous? Yeah, I think our team was, you know, about as prepared as you could be going into that. Mm-hmm. Um, we were able to get some games against other countries um, prior to that. Um we, we did go to Japan once before uh-huh. the games. So like during the whole COVID thing. So we were kind of prepared as far as what to expect is uh, protocols and all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, I think for us, 
it, it was just, you know, the small things that, you know, was the difference between us, you know, playing for a medal and then, you know, being out of the top four. So it's a bit of a hard pill to swallow, but yeah. Um, yeah, I think as far as being prepared for those games, you know, we made the best of what we could. Yeah. But, yeah. and, and, and not to like lessen this, but you guys play same as wheelchair basketball throughout the whole games, correct? No. So we, um, we don't have the, the same size pool as wheelchair basketball. So ours oh, is actually okay. only a five day tournament because there's only eight teams. Oh, okay. Yeah. So we play one game a day. Yeah. Over those five days. Yeah. So oh, it, it was actually, yeah, it was pretty cool. The venue were you was guys great. Er, were you guys early or were you late? Like, did you do opening ceremonies? Is that something you guys team does? Yeah. So we were late. We were the second. No, sorry. We the were the first week. week. We were the first okay. week. We were usually the second week. This oh. was the first time we were the first week. Yeah. Isn't it weird when they will say, f hold on first. Thank you for doing the rapid fire. Now we're just <laughs> going to talk about Paralympic experiences. Um, but isn't it weird how they – like change the schedule sometimes because you've gone to four now and I am always surprised that when they like change things up. Yeah. This was the first time we played in the first week. We were actually super excited to like get the games, get to the games. And this is yeah. obviously before uh, COVID, but to get there, play and then have time to like go watch other sports. Right. Cause we're usually there for the first week and we're training and you're yeah. doing everything you can, you know, meeting game prep, stuff like that. So you don't have a whole lot of time to go check out other sports. So we wait, play when, in the second we, week. when, yeah, when you were in the second week, would you fly in and like, did your team decide to do opening ceremonies or would you come later after opening ceremonies? No, we would fly in, do opening ceremonies. Okay. So we would usually fly in to somewhere else. And kind of do a staging camp yeah and then we would come in to the games and do opening and then in that first week we would have you know time at the venue or at a different venue a training venue right because there's usually another sport in the venue we're in yeah exactly and then they would that sport would finish and then we would have you know two usually two training times on the actual competition venue yeah and that would be you know all the technical side of it where um they would look at our chairs and make sure everything was safe oh and that's something i didn't think about they do that with our helmets and everything yeah so yeah. with the, with our rugby chairs they have to fall within like certain measurement guidelines okay and and safety aspects yeah so um before with those two days in the, the competition venue prior to the competition starting, yeah. um, we do what we call like chair measurements and the, the officials just go through our chairs and there's a checklist. So that gets done. Cool. In that time. Yeah. And then it's on to the competition. Wait, does anyone ever get like booted because of their chair? No one gets booted, but it's like, okay, these are like things that you need to change or fix based on whatever. Oh, okay. Okay. What would, what, what would be like something of a chair that, cause I have no idea what would be something that would have to be changed. So some of the safety things would be like, we have a, a bar 
on the back of the chair that kind of yeah. supports the two backrest bars. Yeah. And that has to be with within a certain length. And it also has to be padded enough because people's knees might hit it. Oh, right. So there's something like that. Or when it comes to like bumpers or certain things on chairs, there's yeah. a uh, initial point of contact. So whether yeah. that's higher or lower, it might, it might need to be changed. Okay. So like, yeah, just little things like that. Those are usually like the two ones that you see most common. Right. Um, okay. Uh, things I did not know and I appreciate that. Because <laughs> it's all these like little random things that like would be normal to us. But then the listeners would be like, what happens at the Olympics and the Paralympics? And I'm like, oh, yeah, I forgot. They check our helmets to make sure they're certified. So it only makes sense that they check your wheelchairs to make yeah, sure Yeah, and I'm pretty sure there's there's some kind of aspect with that with any sport when it comes to equipment you're using. For sure, for sure. Um, okay, yeah. so you you started, yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Especially at the para games and the Olympics, like they're kind of really on it. Um, so you competed. Your first para games was Beijing, taking home the bronze medal. What was that first experience like? I remember my first games and I felt like super naive and I didn't know anything about the Olympics. Were you like a Paralympic fan or like did you know everything that was going to happen? I had no idea. I mean, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> besides, we had a we we had a pretty uh, big group of veterans on the team who had been to okay. like a couple games before. Yeah, yeah. So, you yeah. know, just hearing their past experiences at games as far as, uh, you know, housing. Some guys mm-hmm. were in Sydney and Athens, and they're like, oh, Sydney was great. And they're like, Athens was a nightmare. Nothing was ready. <laughs> right? So you kind of heard both sides of that where it's like, oh, the condos were leaking in Athens. Right. Kind of a little horror story like that. And then – I mean, for me, it was just kind of sit, taking everything in. You hear their stories, and then you get there, and you kind of, I guess, get a little guidance as to what to expect. But it's really all new. They had no idea either, right? Yeah. And Beijing was was it was a great games as far as like the apartments we were staying in, right? The village was great. It had everything. It was, yeah. the food was good. Um, transportation was easy. So uh, nice. It was really, it was really good. And, you know, they had fans. The, the games were sold out. There was fans. The venue was nice. So, I mean, as far as the first games experience, I think I was pretty lucky to have, you know, something that was organized and, and really took no negatives away yeah. from it. Right. And then, yeah. Um, just yeah, really enjoyed that whole experience. My family came, my parents and my sister were there and you know, got to share that experience with them and then some some uncles and aunts came as well and, and family friends. It was pretty neat. When it comes to family in the stands, um do you know where they're gonna be sitting or do you like suss out where they are or are you just like game on, doesn't matter, whatever. I know they're here somewhere. Yeah, I'm probably the game on doesn't matter. 
uh, <laughs> I don't really look for anyone. I just, I'm, I'm pretty okay. focused when I'm playing and yeah. you know, I know they're there and they're also there to have fun. I think watching me is like the second part after <laughs> no. having fun. I know my dad is <laughs> the first guy to be in the beer garden yes. making friends with everyone else there. So, you know, they're having fun just hearing all their stories from outside the village. Or I know. Don't you get kind of jealous? Oh, I, yeah, they were great. Um, <laughs> and I like my dad and I were able to share two games together where he was an equipment manager. So he, oh. you know, came in, was part of the team. You know, we did the whole opening closing ceremonies together. Oh my um, gosh. Yeah. So he, that is something else. Yeah, and we got to share that. So that was London and, and uh, Rio. So we got to wow. do the whole games experience and all that. And after Rio, he was like, I'm, I'm ready just to be a fan again. <laughs> I want to drink beer and hang out with all the other family. Right, right, and right. I think he felt like he was missing out. What? A, oh, my gosh, that's so special. I wish that I could take my dad into the games with me. Though yeah, he's kind of like, he's an organized freak when it comes to it. I felt bad for my family. I love him, <laughs> love him to pieces, but he was like, we need to be here. We need to do this. And then I'm the kind of person that was like, where are they? Do I, I just need to know that they're here so that they can chill out a little. <laughs> yeah. No, I was always, I'm going to see him after the game anyways. So. Right. Yeah. But yeah, no, he, he, uh, he was kind of disappointed that he wasn't able to come to Tokyo. So, oh, I yeah. mean, heartbreaking. Absolutely heartbreaking. And what a strange games for you it must have been. It, I mean, granted, we're not always playing in front of packed houses. Yeah. Um, when the game, when it comes to the games, yeah, of course, they do. They've always, all the games have done a great job of, you know, promoting ticket sales, promoting Paralympic sport and, and all that. So yeah. we're usually playing in front of quite a few people, but it was weird to be in a giant stadium with no one there. It was quiet. You could hear everything. Oh, was, so different. It was weird at times. Yeah. Because yeah. I had um, uh, Trevor, who is, um, is he captain of the sledge hockey team? And McGregor. Okay, yeah. Trevor McGregor. And he was telling me how loud the sledge hockey can get. And he was like, to have no one in the stadium, I was like, that's got to be like some kind of a game changer. Yeah, it was weird. I mean, we got used to it, but it was yeah. still, it was still funny. Yeah, you could hear everything. <laughs> wow. And how were the like, in Tokyo, they're like the nicest people ever. I love going to Japan. It was like one of my most favorite stops ever um, on tour. Were the volunteers just the nicest humans in the world? Oh, they were amazing. Amazing. <laughs> uh, we've, I've been lucky enough to be there, you know, pre-COVID as well and, and just okay. experience the city. And it's oh. definitely one of my favorite places I've been. For sure. To play rugby yeah. and definitely hoping to get back there as soon as possible. But yeah, the people are amazing. The volunteers are great. They're all so, you know, helpful and happy. They were just, I think, again, like us, we were all happy to be playing sport again, right? Yeah, being competitive, kind of having you know a little taste of normalness again, and then being able them, to play I, against other teams because that exactly. was a problem as well, right? Yeah, and for them too, it was just you know got to you know be part of something so huge. 
I know. I love it. I do love, I love the games. Um, when you like were training, how would you go about playing wheelchair rugby when you like during COVID there was no teams to play against? Would you guys have extra people come in to play against you or what was the deal there? Um, so we, we had training camps, we would just uh, expand, you know, the amount of people that we brought in. Okay. Uh, we usually roster 12 for games. Yeah. So obviously when you're playing four on four, um, you can get some kind of um, scrimmages out of that when we bring okay. 12, but we would extend it. We would bring up to 16 and just with those athletes be able to, you know, get game-like competition in. Yeah. Obviously not the same as playing against other teams, but still the best we could. Um, but as I mentioned earlier, we, we did get into Japan, uh, I think, what was it, in June? So a few months before the games. So oh, we did yeah. go play Japan a couple, uh, I think six times, four, four or six times while we were there. Oh, okay. That's so we did nice. get some competition in, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, that was awesome. That was cool. That was weird experience too during COVID, where it was just we got in there, we were shuttled right to our hotel rooms. We had to stay in our hotel rooms until we were able to go eat, and then we got shuttled, like escorted to where we were eating, and escorted back to our hotel rooms, and then escorted to the gym to play, and then back. So it was a different experience, but. Especially if you've gone to ones before. That's what I was thinking. Like having gone to four games and this this one being your fourth, you've experienced the the excitement and all the people around and to go into these ones, you it's it's kind of I it's almost rude. <laughs> it sucks. It sounds like it sucks. But then for the not- people that have never gone before, that's their first experience, they don't know any better. Yeah, we had a couple people. It was our first experience. Oh, um, but I <laughs> mean, like, once once we were in the village, it yeah. felt normal. It did. Okay, good. Like it felt, I was like thinking felt you had like to a be normal game. I thought no, you were, like yeah, yeah. It was pretty. You wore your mask. I mean, yeah. the dining hall. You just had like these little like, like plexiglass cubbies. You sat in, <laughs> but you still sat with your team. You still. Did the whole thing where you, you know, stood in line, got your food. It was it, all. Is it kind of like jail? You just put your hand on the plexiglass. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Not that I've ever been to jail, but this is what I see in the movies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. And, you know, I still had all those, the same thing. It's as the games, right? It had like your little international section where you can go get souvenirs and all that yeah. stuff. It still had everything. It had. You know, yeah, it just had everything. And it felt like once you were in the village, it was a little more normal where once you left, it was more protocol. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And did you have to spit in the cup every day? Every day. Yeah. Every day. Yeah. That's better than getting it shoved up your nose. Yeah. And it was, again, they tried to make it as like um, easy as possible. Right. So, yeah. we had somebody on our team who was, that was their designated thing. So 
we didn't have to we, spit, we didn't spit collector spit yeah we didn't we didn't have to go do anything we just spat in it and then yeah. handed it off we didn't have oh, to deliver it anywhere job. Who, who i know drew, who drew the yeah. short straw yeah exactly the, the rookie the rookies on the team yeah so we yeah it was it, it i guess it was what it was um totally made the best of it um yeah i would love to see them get another games in the near future just right. to actually see the whole the whole well, episode they are going for 2030 but yeah so is canada so <laughs> i guess we'll see <laughs> time will tell my friends um i do want to touch on your surfing how when why uh okay so covid happened 2020 20, i guess yeah games got canceled or yeah. postponed and i was like on the island tofino's not far away and a buddy of mine from vancouver who surfs yeah was like hey i'm going surfing do you want to go okay and I have you like, surfed yeah. before is this, is this have, a have i surfed person? before yeah no i haven't okay. so this is my first time okay so we kind of just started figuring it out for ourselves and love it you know watch some videos on on other uh like because within surfing there's classification again as well kind of like yeah. every every adaptive sport mm -hmm. so we found what kind of class i would fit into based on my function and started yeah. surfing that way so we did a long weekend in tofino and got in the water like six times did some surfing wait rewind with your classification does it specify the way that you're supposed to be on the surfboard or yeah, does so, everyone go on the surfboard the same way no so when you go to like the world championships yeah. for the adaptive surfing yeah there's all kinds of classes amputees and different amputees and they would fit in classes there's visually impaired and different oh. visually impaired yes and then there's like kneeling yeah and then there's prone one which is obviously you're laying on the board but you're able to paddle yourself into the waves okay and then there's prone two which is the category i'm in where you're assisted into the waves so oh, you cool. go out and like someone helps you catch the wave but then you are the one surfing the wave so oh is it not the best feeling Oh, it's awesome. It's <laughs> amazing. Yeah. Okay, but what about when you fall? If you fall into the water, what happens? That's fine. Like like I said, I'm comfortable in the ocean. I love the water. Yeah. So it's just like, just ducking those waves. Oh my gosh. Then, yeah, it's fun. Mad it's really respect. Fun. Mad yeah. respect. So, I'm like, I feel like if I go out, I'm not a surfer. Like I would never say I'm a surfer. But if I go paddle out, I could just sit on the surfboard and watch the waves because I don't understand the ocean. I'm still learning. I would not even call myself a surfer. Um, it's like something super new. Uh, definitely something I want to get, you know, more into. Yeah. Uh, with rugby, you know, full, full gear again, it's tough to find times to, to do both. For sure. So for sure. I'm trying to do as much as I can. But uh, yeah, it's it's definitely something that I'm interested in pursuing here. Well, you've already done a world championships, but when and where was, where was that? That was in 2021. 
Yeah, that was uh, down in Pismo Beach in California. Warm so, water. Well, it wasn't that warm. Oh, <laughs> what what month was it? December. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so yeah, but I surfed to Fino, so I guess it's the yeah, same. Yeah, yeah. You got but, it. But uh, it was awesome. It was just great, amazing to see like all the countries there. All the what was the turnout involved. like? Was this like the one of the first ones? I why have I not? No, heard this it's been it's been going on for a while now. Uh, okay, I don't thanks know for bringing exact... it in. Thank you for bringing it into my life. Yeah, I don't know the exact awesome. number of times. Mm -hmm. It's going to be in Pismo again in December this year. No way. Um, but yeah, just just a really cool community. Uh, everyone's super, you know, inviting and 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 then again when it, it comes to like adaptive sports trying to figure out equipment and what works for you and stuff so yeah you know the other surfers were super cool answering questions kind of showing me their boards and stuff like that what works for them and that was like a big thing going down there was just like trying to figure out like what am i doing How right I trying to learn that yeah but then i got to meet like other surfers in canada people who you know, compete with the Canadian team. And it was, it was a super oh, yeah. uh, friendly community. Yeah. My trainer trains the Canadian team, Albie. Well, yeah, my I know Albie. Oh, I love yeah. him. Yeah. Albie, yeah so, Albie's awesome. I met Albie down there. He lives in Huntington beach now. Oh yeah. 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 Cause he was there and then came up to Canada and now he's back, I guess. It's yeah. So I've been working while well, I was working with Albie down there and he's still part awesome. of the team. So yeah, it's super cool. Oh, see, we're such a good community. I yeah. I love Canada. <laughs> such a it's awesome. Oh, that makes my heart happy. Um, okay, for Paralympics now potentially surfing as well, which is so rad. What's next for you? World Championships. World Championships in October. Yeah. Uh, and then we got the games in Paris in 2024 going for five so, yes that's that's on my radar yes. um and then i guess between worlds and, and paris is uh the pan am games the pair of pan am games in okay. chile in chile oh yeah so i, I, I guess that's again next, next fall so next october or something around there okay again yeah. sometimes i feel like i chose the wrong um season sport because you guys <laughs> get to go to like cool play i go to chile chile in the winter <laughs> yeah in their winter. <laughs> no, we get we get to travel some nice places. I can't complain. Yeah, that's pretty rad. Awesome. Um, Trevor, where can people find you online if they want to follow you and watch what you're up to? Uh, I have a Twitter account. So you can follow me there. I guess just search Trevor Hirschfield. I really yeah. don't know what my handle is anymore. <laughs> uh, I got an Instagram account. I'm not too active, but I'm there. If you okay. want to ask some questions or whatever, yeah. Love it. I'll well, thank you. Out. Thank you so much for dropping in today. What a career to follow and it just keeps going. Thank you so much. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for dropping in today. You can find everything you want to know about dropping in with Mercedes at droppinginwithmercedes.com. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube. Thanks DJ Kenosis for the music and my mom for the intro voice.
kids, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people, he, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast, heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from jeffwoodsradio.com. I'm Andrea Askowitz. And I'm Allison Langer. And we are the hosts of Writing Class Radio, a podcast, but we are so much more. We have writing classes. So if you are looking for live online classes where you can join a community, write to a prompt, get feedback, and get better, check out all our classes at writingclassradio.com. And listen to our podcast wherever you get your podcasts and at writingclassradio.com.